Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you're connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your Wait a business. minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is this Stop. guy? Stop. <laughs> Who is this guy? I have no idea. I I'm your host, Jason Zenger. What, what the heck is going on? And I'm on? your host, Jim Carr. <laughs> what, do we got a third guy now? I... Uh, What's going on here, Jim? Well, Better let the metalworking nation know. Well, that's what this episode is all about, quite frankly. We've decided to formally announce Making Chips 2.0 and our new partner, Mr. Nick Golner, to Making Chips. We've got a lot of great Yeah, we've been things. hinting at this for a while, haven't this we? This is the episode. This is our homecoming. This is the celebratory night. This is the night we're going to sign the ink to the paper and pop the bottles of champagne, right? That's right. So, and I'm the homecoming king. And <laughs> <laughs> no, you're carrying Jim and I. I think is is, oh, how, okay. is how it goes. <laughs> I drive the golf cart that <laughs> yeah, carries you drive the, the king golf and queen. cart. And we're okay. in the back waving. Gotcha. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. But anyway, I would like to say that yes, Nick, manufacturing is challenging. But if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. And that's why we're here at Making Chips. We're here to bring a community of people together. And we felt that the vision for Making Chips that Jim and I had set out many, many years ago, we feel it's going to be that much better by having the Golners as our new partner. So speaking of growing your business, you've just done that. You've gone from a media company to a media company that also offers some services. Well, to be quite honest with you, we're just a little podcast, and now we're turning into a full-fledged media company. I mean, when we started this thing off as this little podcast by Jim and Jason... It was um, a hobby. It was a hobby, and, and people didn't take us quite seriously, and it's really turned into this big thing. I don't take you seriously. Thing. Well, I don't take you seriously either. And it's turned into this big thing, but now I think that our vision that we set out after that little podcast turned into something bigger is really coming to fruition now that we have a lot more re- resources and we have a new partner there with us. Welcome, Nick. Yeah, thanks, guys. Welcome, Nick. So yeah. before we get into that vision, don't we do some manufacturing news? Oh, yeah, we do. Let's do and some manufacturing news. Why don't you take this, Nick? Yeah, oh, I'm I, can take see, this I can see from the notes. It's going to be right up your alley. I thought be like, I know. you know, like just on the side making comments once in a while. I, know. I didn't He's think he was going to take structure. over. I think I'm going to like him better than you. I, I don't know, I was going to take man. over the episode. Give yeah, me a break no, here. this is good. And, uh, you know, it's right up Nick's alley. So go ahead, Nick. Manufacturing news. So it's right up my alley to talk about content marketing because that's my main passion. That's your wheelhouse. You guys may have just been a little podcast, but I was a huge fan because because there wasn't that many examples of great content marketing in our industry. I think I first listened to you guys when I was on the mower, and I was looking for a podcast that could teach me more about metalworking. That's what you told us. I, I think what I typed in was like machining podcast or something like that, and Making Chips came up, and I'm glad I first tuned in, I don't know, what was it, like two years ago or something like that? Mm-hmm. But the news that we have is comes from the Content Marketing Institute. Every year they do an annual report, and this year it's a 2019 Manufacturing Content Marketing Benchmarks, Budgets, and Trends Report. Interesting. Please continue. And I'm not going to go through all the details of the report, but... No, give it to us at 30,000 feet. Yeah, so the data suggests that manufacturers have a ways to go putting the audience's informational needs before their own sales and promotional message. And so I know you guys are pretty much familiar with everyone saying, hey, we're the best, we're the best, buy our stuff. Well, I think, you know, if I could break this down maybe into simple terms, because I I said this to somebody just today, is you need to educate before you sell somebody, right? Absolutely. And that's what the report found. So the audience is not always being put front and center. Here's some of the data. While manufacturing companies certainly need to explain how their products or services work, 51% of the respondents said that they always 
or frequently prioritize their sales or promotional message over the audience's informational needs when they're creating content for marketing. Yeah, and I think that the smart marketers out there are the ones that educate their audience first. They make it about them, not about themselves. And I think that that's probably the first question that you should ask yourself when you do marketing and when you do promotion is, is this about me or is this about my clients. And then another finding from the study that the manufacturing marketers were saying is that basically one of the biggest challenges that they have is appealing to all the different levels, all the different roles in a manufacturing company with their Like from the C-suite all the way down to the janitorial service people? And you guys have done a pretty good job targeting the manufacturing leader. We have. Marketers are challenged when they create content to make it relevant for all the different levels that they're targeting. That was one of their key findings. Mm -hmm. And they're also putting more and more of their resources towards creating content, which I think is a great idea. When you say, okay, break this down a little bit. I was just going to say the same thing. The The average machine machine shop shop owner like me or like Jim, what do you, when you say content, you know, stop talking like a marketer. What do you, what do you, what do you mean? Tell me, tell me. So, I mean, I know the answer, but I I want you, I want the people, I want the metal working nation to understand this. So what happens when you have a problem that you need to solve with like a machine of some sort? You say, how do I, you go to Google and you say, how do I, I whatever. And no, you know, I call the machine tool manufacturer and say, get a service you, guy you, in here. Well, that's what you've learned, and that's what you've been taught. Now my I, son goes well, to Google. Yeah, so yeah. if your hot water heater stops working, you say, how do I reignite my hot water heater? If your machine tool... Sounds you know, like a personal problem. <laughs> if your machine, you have something wrong with your machine tool, you say, how do I XYZ? And you put in the problem. Exactly. And so what a content marketer would do is anticipate what these problems that, that the audience would have, and then they would create the answer to the problem, and that's the content. So content is really the only thing that markets. And for me, like I just had a dishwasher. So you're kind of like doing the job of a salesperson, it sounds like. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. You're educating, you're equipping, potentially inspiring. And what what you're trying to do is solve that person's problem, give them the answer to their problem. Instead of just saying, hey, we're the best, we're the best, buy from us. Or this is now $19 instead of $29. Right, or or like, yeah, just taking off of your price. You're going to build trust when you create content that helps people solve their problems. And so that's really what content marketing is. Ever since the first caveman painted on on a wall on how to hunt buffalo better, he was doing content marketing. He was helping use content to educate his audience on how to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. No, good. I can understand that. I can visualize that, Nick. And it's good because you have to understand machine shop owners are really technical people. They're engineers. Either by trade or by education. Right. So I think it's good that you broke it down to kind of make it a little bit more relevant to us, the manufacturing leaders. Yeah, so anyway, the the data is we're going to publish that data on our site for anyone to access it. They can see how different marketers in the manufacturing world are reporting on the budgets that they have, the trends that they're going after. Anyway, it was just an interesting piece of manufacturing news, especially as it relates to the episode today, which is all about building an audience and all about content marketing. That's what we're going to talk about. So Jason, think back to January 2015 when we first put out Our first podcast. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. It's going to be four years in January. What was our original mission, and has it wavered at all over the last four years? So when we started making chips, it was always about 
how do we equip and inspire the manufacturing leader? So we didn't have the whole notion of content marketing on our minds. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know what we were I, doing. I, at that time, I, I really we didn't either. were just recording a show and sh- you know, yeah, peer-to-peer sharing. It, it was about how do we help our peers. You and I had always had conversations with our peers at manufacturing association events. And it was all about how do we record this and create solutions for other manufacturing leaders out there. And, you know, we thought it would be great if we can get 50 people to listen. And so the mission of making chips has always been equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. And that hasn't changed and it's not going to change. Well, we're entertaining a little bit. Now, well, okay. We? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm funny. I know and, you're boring, you know, but... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think that's why it worked, guys. Yeah, I believe like, it does. No, I believe it does. You, you when, didn't try in, to be in retrospect- overly scientific or salesy, or you weren't trying to like build this big strong well, business. But in, and we didn't set out to be. I didn't set out to be funny. Jim's still not funny. It just kind of came naturally for me, and it came naturally for him to try to be funny and not be funny. And it came naturally for me to come in and rescue you guys from. Thank yourselves. you, Nick. I appreciate. It. So, Nick, what is your mission for making chips 2.0? I'll talk a little bit about like my background. Third generation manufacturing kid. My grandfather invented a machine tool. My father's now the CEO of this global manufacturing company. So I grew up in the industry and I studied industrial marketing, you know, how to sell machine tools and machine tool assets and that type of thing. But for me, I was running our marketing department. I was creating all sorts of content, generating traffic to our website, generating lead for our sales team. I had a great team of people. You were doing essentially that. proving out the concept of content marketing exactly for but it, a manufacturing company it was always selling our products and we were always an expense to the company as so, marketing is 99.9 percent of the time for most companies right and i had this great passion for content marketing where the product isn't something else that you're creating content about to try to sell with content marketing the content is the product and there wasn't that many examples of that but making chips was one great example of that it's not a podcast to sell car, machine, and tools, machining services. It really was It's wasn't. not a podcast to sell tooling from Zenger's tooling supply company. It literally just equipped and inspired me. And so I was always like, man, there's a couple people in this industry who actually get it. Well, for I really me- didn't get what I was doing, but I mean, it's great that you did, and it's great that Nick, you were receptive to it. I was always the puppet master. <laughs> Jim was just my good-looking, charismatic puppet. (laughs) Thank you for admitting that. So, Nick, there's two classic examples of this content marketing thing. There's the old-school John Deere example. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the furrow. So the furrow, like if any of our audience is into farming or agriculture, they probably know of the furrow. I do not know. In the 1920s, John Deere produced a magazine that just helped farmers be better farmers. You're kidding and, and, me. And guess what? They got to sell a lot of equipment along with it. Right. Oh, and because they were providing they were, content. They were, they were instead providing of, solutions. Instead of equipping branding manufacturing leaders, they were the, equipping farmers. Oh, exactly. cool. I did and not that's know. Simple. Spell that name. The Furrow. F-U-R-R-O-W, I believe. Oh, cool. Checking me on my spelling now. Yeah. And, then the, the, and then the second classic example is Red Bull, and they sell energy drinks, but they also have huge events where they p- have people paying for tickets to go. And maybe that's where I got my passion for content marketing, because I have Austrian relatives, and Red Bull's an Austrian company. Oh, is and that right? And they are the flagship brand when it comes to content marketing. Well, so if like, you'll notice... They're creating a lifestyle, I think. Well, yeah, and that's the next level up. And Red Bull used to do a lot of commercials. Well, I don't think they do as many commercials as they used to because they own their own. Yeah, so they have Red Bull Media House. 
I, right. I have a friend who's a documentary TV. filmmaker who sold his film to Red Bull. So Red Bull's this big media company that happens to sell an energy drink. And so that's what attracted me to making chips was it was like, okay, there's this industry media company. It's inspiring other people, and they're not just pushing a product. Now, there's nothing wrong with trying to attract people to, to buy products from your business. We should all be doing that in sales and marketing. We should absolutely all be doing that. But my goal was how do we make marketing a profit center? How can I turn marketing into a revenue generator instead of an expense that just helps sell other products? And just for the metalworking nation to know, when Nick talks about marketing not to be a cost, that's not necessarily the first step. The first step would be, how do you create content that could educate your ideal client base? Would you agree, Nick? Absolutely. So we actually spoke at the Industrial Inbound Summit, which is all about inbound marketing for manufacturing. We broke down the process that making chips took into some steps. And that's the goal of this episode is to help anyone from Metalworking Nation know the steps that you should go through if you want to build a brand by building an audience. And the first step is to know your wheelhouse. I think what I mean by that is your wheelhouse is where you have expertise in a certain area and you have passion that overlaps with that expertise. So would mm-hmm. that be like manufacturing is a passion for Jim and I, bringing a community together is a passion of ours. You know, we're both pretty social people and business ownership, business leadership, those are all passions Yeah, and I think that's exactly why it worked, why your audience was able to grow. If you didn't know what you were talking about with manufacturing, it people would pick up on that and they'd be like, these guys are phonies. Or if you just wanted to get right into it and get to the nuts and bolts and talk about like tolerances the entire time or something like that, the audience is going to be like, wow, like there's no passion here, this is boring. So that's that's how you find your content wheelhouse is by where your passion overlaps with your expertise. Yeah, because I mean, to be quite honest with you, there's enough content out there that you need something to differentiate yourself. And then the next step is to do it differently. There's a lot more people out there besides the two of you who have a passion for community and who have a expertise in manufacturing. manufacturing. So how is it that Making Chips was able to stand out? Like what were some of the things that you made a commitment to that made you different? Well, I mean, Jim's been working in a machine shop for 40 years. He's second generation. You know, those things, you can't you can't just well, do that overnight. I think all those things happen organically, but there's a lot of people that have those characteristics. Mm-hmm. But what I think the unique thing about the Making Ship's success story was, well, first and foremost, admit it, we like each other. We're good friends. Yeah, we yeah. get along. We have fun. We, we have fun. We don't take each other too seriously. And I think that resonates right through the airwaves. So I, I think it's very relatable to a lot of people that are out there that are listening to the show that, you know, we're really basically normal people that are living our lives and we struggle with day-to-day challenges all the time. Yeah. And, and I think when you're creating content, you don't have to start a podcast. You don't have to do... YouTube or video, you can write and create content or you can create infographics or whatever it is, but make it your own and make it authentic and make sure that it is a product of who you are as a, as a person. And for me, that was what made you guys different. It felt like I was sitting in on a conversation with friends, both of you trying to be funny, neither of you actually succeeding at that, <laughs> but still somehow I'm laughing while I'm sitting on the mower. So yeah, I think the things that made making chips differently is that you're entertaining, for one. 
you're authentic and you were collaborative. I loved the guests that you brought on. You didn't make it all Thank like you. the Jason and Jim show. You brought no. a lot of really smart people on and I was able to learn a lot from them. Well, well Jim would say it's a Jim and Jason's show all the time. I have to correct him. <laughs> well, it is. Anyways, step one was making sure you know your wheelhouse. Step two is making sure you're doing it differently. Right. Step three was focusing on the foundation. And what we mean by that is there's so many different platforms now. I mean, you could do, like Jason said, you could do YouTube, you could write a blog, you can focus on this social media platform, that social media fl- platform. But for you guys, you were, you were pretty focused on your foundation, which was podcasting. You both like to hear yourselves talk, you both like to speak into the microphone and record, and it ended up working out for you. You published on one type of content, All right. on one platform, consistently. Consistently. Yeah. And that was a big thing. Yeah. I'm so glad you're our partner now to tell us about our success. Yeah. And, and, and how, tell you how we created it, it. Again, who knew? So the fourth step would be to nurture, nurture. your nation. You've so, said this before. I've you heard know, you you've say You've talked this. about Metalworking Nation a lot. You have. I don't know if you started with that branded term in mind or not, but you've really built a nation of people who, are, who like listening to making chips. And I think it's important to always interact with your nation, to consistently deliver valuable content and one of the reasons why we're doing this partnership is so we can deliver content in more formats but what you're trying to do is harvest a big list of subscribers get people to sign up and and that way you can stay in front of them and well, you can well you know to be quite honest with you when we do an episode i think it's a value to the metalworking nation but to be quite honest with you i'm learning too and Jim's too. learning too. I know. And we're I am. stepping up our game because we don't know everything, as we say a lot of times at the end of an episode. So we're bringing on experts in order to teach us something. It's almost, you know, to be quite honest, we're getting free consulting and we're handing out that that free consulting to the metalworking nation. And that's one thing I'm really excited about being the, the youngest one out of the three of us. You are. It's like you guys have both had a lot more experience in the industry than I have. And I get this free consulting for hopefully the rest of my career at just listening in and participating and helping people get on the podcast. And if someone has something interesting to write, publishing it on Making Chips, I'm going to learn so much from that. So I'm really excited about that. The next step is to leverage loyalty, which you guys have done a great job at. You've brought on, like you just said, you've brought on a lot of great guests and you've been able to like benefit both of your businesses by the connections that you've made with people from Metalworking Nation. So let's talk about some of those connections. Well, to, for me, it's just, you know, I get to meet so many great new people from the Metalworking Nation and hear the impact that they're making in the industry. I get to meet people that help me help my clients. So the latest and greatest, you know, I talked about this on uh, another episode, but we just implemented some collaborative robots into one of our clients. And I don't think that would have happened without the connections that I made through making chips. And so those kind of things are, are just so valuable. And even just among the three of us, like, my family business makes work holding devices, CNC tombstones. Yeah, Jim wouldn't have had a resin bonded, or I'm sorry, epoxy. Jim, Jim wouldn't have had an epoxy bonded tombstone that helped him to make Probably more parts per hour if if it wasn't for making chips. And you know, I had to buy it from you. You're my friend. You're you're now my partner, and you're honest and. And they're killer tombstones to begin with. Oh, killer tombstones! We they should use are that. Killer that, tombstones. That, that, there's a marketing <laughs> thing to that because well, I'm, I, I do like marketing. And, and killer tombstones.com. I'm going to go get that URL. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. That, even with Zangers, like we've bought from Zangers. Zangers has 
sold the Amrock products to his customers. We've bought from Zengers now. And if I didn't tune into you guys on the podcast a long time ago, I wouldn't even know who you guys are. You're right. You're absolutely right, Nick. So, and, and it has done for my business too. I think what it, it's done the most is it's made me a thought leader in the industry and it makes people think. It gives me the opportunity to grow my personal brand, my business brand, and it helps me come up, become a better speaker as well. And I'm sure Jason would agree with that too. But all in all, it's probably one of the most successful things I've done outside of being in industry my whole life, you know, take a chance, do something, sounds good, and look where it can take you. Well, and you built this with your audience. So that's part of leveraging I did. loyalty. I did. You you gave your audience a platform for them to share their expertise, and now you're sharing your expertise through the same platform. So I think that's what leveraging loyalty is all about. So how do we scale strategically, Nick? So that's the last step, scaling strategically. And as the audience is probably aware, there is some sponsorship that keeps this engine running. Making chips takes a lot of time and effort to produce. And so one of the ways that we finance that is through our sponsorships. Right. People want to access this audience that we've built. But we have to be careful not to water down our content and not to stray away from our mission. And so we have to be careful that like you, people can't just buy the podcast from us and turn it into some sort of promotional sales pitch that goes against everything that we're trying to do with building an authentic audience. Right. So that's what it means to scale strategically. Talk about like why you felt the need to add a third partner and do this joint venture. Sure. I will definitely tell you, we were going along. We've been into it by three and a half years. We knew you. You pitched the idea of growing the business. Maybe you would take away a little bit of our pain. I just felt that we were drowning in responsibilities and it was just being too much. It was like this greater being that was just sucking the time out of us. We needed to well, you weren't full-time podcasters. You still had to run Car Machine and Tool. Jason still had to run Zangers. Right. We, we, we had to think of a way to take it to the next level, and I think that we made a good decision. So, number one, you're able to expand into more formats. You have more marketing resources than before. And number two, we're able to offer services to Metalworking Nation. So right. the same things that I was doing for the family business with inbound and, and digital marketing and, and building a, our own audience and driving traffic to our website and creating leads for our sales team and completely transforming how we go to market, that's what we're offering now to a select few clients in Metalworking Nation. You bet. And so that's that's how we've scaled strategically. That there's something that we know that our audience has told us that they need help with, and that is marketing. Manufacturers and we're, we're going to do our best, that. and that's really exciting. Now we're going to do the best, right? The, yeah, the best. So now we're going beyond just a podcast. We're adding more formats. I'm going beyond just being a department, and now we're becoming an agency. And so it's really an exciting transition. But this isn't just all about us today. It is not. We want the metalworking nation to understand that if they go through those same steps, if they build an audience and stay focused on the audience and continue to concentrate on what that audience values, if they build content that's more targeted towards what their audience has as far as information needs instead of what they're trying to sell, they could have the same success as us. But it's all based on creating your own content and making sure that it's unique. You can't just 
hope that it'll happen. You have to create content. You have to share the value that you can add. With, I get it. With Nick. The I get it. How is making chips changing in the next chapter? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, so what you believe right now, our newsletter is essentially emailing out the show notes and we're going to make it more unique and more valuable. So stay tuned for, for that. Go to makingchips.com and subscribe and find out for yourself how our newsletter is going to become more valuable than just regurgitated show notes. And video? We've got a cinematographer on the team. He does brilliant animations. We're going to be doing things like shop tours. We're going to be doing visiting trade shows and documenting our experience at, at trade shows. Really, anything in the video category is something that we're going to be offering now. Love it. And we're going to be creating it for making chips and also for our clients. And what about Chip-In? Tell people what Chip-In collaboration means. So this whole thing has been built off of our audience, and we didn't do it ourselves, and we're going to continue to let our audience contribute to Metalworking Nation. So the Chip-In program is a little bit of a branded term for I just love it. what it is. Is It's a You're collaborative. Crafty, Nick. You're crafty with those words. I think it was Jason's idea. Well, don't give them <laughs> They're all, all my <laughs> ideas, buddy. Don't forget that. So anyway, the, the point is, we want people to be able to chip in onto making chips. If you have something that will equip and inspire Metalworking Nation, we'd love to hear about it, whether it's a video. Like an editorial yeah. blog that it, we're going to welcome exactly. people just to... So is we'll that going to be free? Are we going to allow people just to... Yeah, initially it'll be free. Okay, who's going to vet absolutely. them? Me. Okay, okay. Well, I, I want to know. <laughs> Look, I want to make sure it equips and inspires. Right, so, well, that's that's. So if you do. can teach me something, I don't care if you send a, a video or you've sent us a written article or an infographic or a recording of something, whatever it is. If, if we feel like it equips and inspires Metalworking Nation, we'll create a trip in contributors page for you. It'll have a little bio and you can contribute consistently to making chips and we'll publish it on our platform. It's all about elevating the manufacturing community and making each other better. And I think that's where that chip in program comes into place is because I truly believe every successful manufacturing leader out there has something to teach. Absolutely. Right? And we just want to be the forum for providing that teaching for the rest of the community. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges facing the industry right now is we've got a lot of people with a lot of wisdom. And then there's the younger generation who has this, for whatever reason, they're, they're not like is, sponges, but though they want it, they want to know, but they want it when they want it. Yeah. They want it on demand. Exactly. And at the same time, you've got a lot of wisdom out there that to be quite honest with you, we don't want to see those people retire with all that wisdom right. and have it be go away. And you've got all these younger people saying, how do I do X? And there's nowhere I mean, for them to look for it. I mean, we know how to find information. So... Making Chips is going to deliver that information to the people like me who want to find it. So You've got a lot of wisdom in there, Jim. <laughs> you need to get it Thank out. You. I know. I'll, I'll do my best, man. So what's the last one, Nick? Oh, and then we're going to publish in themes. And what does that mean? So we're going to be a little bit more organized. It's not going to be a random episode every week on a different theme. We're going to be publishing in series. So what, for example, what a series is going to be what? Well, four like weeks, right now, we're covering weeks, process. Eight. Okay. So it could be three weeks. It could be 10 weeks. But in this case, we're covering manufacturing as a process or oriented industry. So we're covering all the different processes that a manufacturing leader would need to have a good handle on from a sales and marketing process Robotics. to a process of implementing automation. We've had a lot of people inquiring about the opposite of making chips, which is we're going to be doing a whole yeah. series on 3D printing. That's another series we'll have. 
So you can see the themes on our site, everything from workforce to community development to technology to process to leadership. They're all there. We're going to be publishing series, key topics within those themes. Sounds great. Well, Nick, all I can say is welcome to the family. It's a pleasure having you with us and join us. You know, I feel like we're welcoming the whole Golner family into the Making Chips family, and I think it's going to be a great ride. And Jason and I always say we don't know it all, and it's a collaborative affair of sharing information, and that's what we do. That's what we've been doing for three and a half years, and I'm just ready to elevate ourselves to the next level and continue to bring that type of resources to the metalworking nation. So with that, as we always say at the end of our show, I'll let, I'll let you close it out completely. Yeah, Nick. and just on behalf of the whole family, we're really thrilled to move in this direction with you guys, and we just can't wait to see where it can go. Thank. Get that champagne. Let's and pop you know, some it's bottles. It's not just the car family that says, if you're not making chips, you're, you're not, not making, making money. money. Bam. As always, thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. You need to increase the speed and feet of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time.